I'm Miss W, and I'm a teacher. And I'm Mrs. B, and I'm a teacher. Teaching really is an art, but with our actual degrees and experience in schools, we have a BS in education. What happens in the classroom doesn't stay. It gets told right here, right now, today. What happens in the classroom doesn't stay. It gets told right here, right now, today. It's a BS in education. Welcome to episode 12 of A BS in Education. We're going to continue our very heady discussion on the school to prison pipeline in the most professional possible manner. But first, let's talk about BS that we experienced yeah. this week. Miss W, what hell have you been living through? Oh my God. I did my first <laughs> Zoom class with oh my, my with my college kids and... So, like, your first class in college, you really just go over, like, uh, the the syllabus. syllabus. Like, here's my three-page syllabus. Here's all the stuff you can expect. This is what you need to wear to class because it's acting. So you need to be able to move and all that kind Mm -hmm. of stuff. So so very awkward. 24 people in the class when, I don't know, something about being on Zoom and having an agenda of stuff to get through makes me, like, very frenetic. And then I was going to share the You know syllabus. what I think it is? What? I think it's because you have an audience of just people staring at you. They're all on mute. So you're getting no feedback. Like yeah. when you're in a classroom, you can at least like banter a little bit, vamp. But now you feel like you're just reading a fucking PowerPoint presentation. Yes. And you're like, I know y'all can read this. This feels stupid. I'm not. Uh, yeah. Well, this is where it gets bad. So because of however the Zoom license is set up with the university, you actually have to sign in twice if you want to be the host. But I didn't know that. And you can't share the screen if you're not the host. Oh, so then I'm just no. like reading the yes. whole paper. To the students. It was awful. I was like, y'all, this is going to suck, but I'm going to just read this the syllabus to you. And chunk by chunk. Grace. And then my mouth was so dry and it was so awful and I was so embarrassed and uh, it was, it was the fucking worst. It was, it was the worst. Sorry. Well, hopefully it'll get better. Sorry. If you heard a lot of scuffling around, I was listening to you, but I had to turn on my aesthetician's giant light because it's really dark (laughs) in my room right now in my recording studio. Also, my microphone is sitting on top of a pillow today. So yeah, it's very, very cush. So here's my BS. Um, I have a child with, he's just an anxious, he's an anxious little fella. And right now he's doing that thing where he just like closes into himself because he's concerned about the school year. He's going to a new school, new friends, new teachers, new, like, and it's extremely different from where he was last year. So he's just kind of like curling into himself and I can see it because that's what I used to do when I was a kid. And it just like hurts my heart because I can't do anything to help. Like I can verbally reassure him, but that doesn't do, it's not going to do any good until he's there and he sees like, oh, it is going to be okay. And it just breaks my heart. It makes me real sad. But he's like, I hate school. I don't want to go back to school. And I'm like, you don't hate school. He's like, yes, I do. So we're just working through some stuff over here. And it makes me sad. The good news is the class that he will be in is... It's half and half, half virtual and half in-person, taught by one teacher at the same time. Um, (laughs) But all the kids that she has in class, there's nine boys. And that's it in the class. So I was like, bud, you're going to automatic. Like, how great would it be to be a new kid in a really small class, 
So right. you can get to know, and they're all boys. Like you're going to have That's eight gonna friends be fantastic. that you get to bond with. So I'm, I'm hoping that he, when he sees that in person, he'll be like, okay, I can handle this. But right now I'm just like this, this poor little baby. It's rough. We actually have a special guest today in studio, yeah. which means over Zoom. And her name <laughs> is Miss A. And Miss um, A, why don't you go ahead and tell us a little bit about your background, very anonymously, though. Yes, absolutely. Um, so I'm Miss A. Um, I have been a classroom teacher for 10 years. Uh, this is my 10th year in education, which is very cool. I've spent the majority of it at the high school level, but I did teach for one semester fifth grade and shout out to elementary school teachers because it is just not my jam <laughs> um, <laughs> um, but I have primarily been at the high school level I've taught in all different um, departments I started with social studies teaching all of the US histories and economics um, I've been a coach for dance and cheer and track um, don't ask me to run anywhere. I'm built for power and not for speed. <laughs> okay. So, um, we, on episode 11, we sort of started discussing the school to prison pipeline. Is it a thing? Is it not a thing? And we realized that this is really kind of a big topic. So maybe we should give it another episode. Mm -hmm. And, um, I know from my experience with you that you definitely have a lot to say about this topic. So I thought it would be excellent if you came on. So if you could just kind of uh, tell us, like, what is your take on it? When did you start to notice? Um, so it's definitely a thing. Like, I'm just going to put it out there. It's a thing that exists and it's real. And I think that sometimes people misunderstand what the school to prison pipeline truly is because it sounds when you say it it sounds like we put kids in school and we just put them down this path and it inevitably leads to prison right because that's what it literally says but that's not actually what it is so i guess in order to kind of explain how i came to the realization that it was a thing i should kind of explain where i come from as a human um i um, jokingly describe myself as a very brown person. I am Hispanic. I look Hispanic, um, which is important to know that I look like a person who is of a Hispanic origin or a Latino origin. And I did not realize that that was such a big deal until I was much older and I went to college. I grew up in a place where not a lot of people looked like me. A lot of people were identified as white or white presenting. And I, because I was around those people, identified the same way. Mm -hmm. I said, oh, well, yes, of course, this is my last name and it's a Spanish last name, but oh, like these things are not a thing anymore. Right. Right? And it wasn't until I, I went to become a teacher in that I noticed, and you should know that I, I kind of grew up and I saw kids of specific racial and ethnic backgrounds being reprimanded or being disciplined yeah. and growing up I never thought about it it in fact in my head in my very privileged brain I thought well if they wouldn't be doing bad things right. they wouldn't get in trouble right. exactly and when I took my first teaching job I worked at a school that was 99 percent African-American 
Um, I was one of very few non-black people on the staff and I saw a lot of discipline. We had a dean of discipline. We had a lot of things happening to these kids that fell right in line with what I had seen growing up. Mm -hmm. The shift for me truly came when I came back to and I was in a much more diverse environment where I had far more black kids. I had far more Hispanic kids, but I also had far more white kids. Yeah. And when I saw the difference between the way kids who were not people of color were reprimanded versus the way white kids were reprimanded, it was insane. Mm -hmm. And I realized this is a system. This is not, and what it is, it's conditioning. Yeah. It's conditioning for people to say things like, well, if they would just behave, they wouldn't be in this situation mm -hmm. so that when you're out of school and you're misbehaving, it's like, well, no wonder they are in jail because right. look at what they do. And to me, that's like super heartbreaking now as a person thinking that 20 years ago, oh my God, 20 years ago, so I old. thought <laughs> I'm so old. <laughs> 20 years ago, I thought the same thing. I was like, well, if they wouldn't do this, then they wouldn't be sitting in the principal's office. Right. It's amazing how much perspective you get just being older. I think back at some of like my 22 year old thoughts and I just cringe and it's yeah. just, oh. So in the first high school where I taught, I was very unaware of my privilege and position in life and the way that I had grown up and I had an experience where I was living by a wealthier part of the city and mm -hmm. I, that's where I lived and it was close to, uh, you know, a major university and I was doing all these things and I was teaching in an area that was very low socioeconomically. Mm -hmm. um, you know, it was considered the hood like that right. is. And when I told people, oh, I teach at this school, their reaction was to go, oh, oh yeah. Yeah, and it, or if they were teachers, they'd be like, "Oh, oh God, God bless you, God good bless. for you, yes. doing the yeah, Lord's work." I could never, yeah. <laughs> oh, I could never. I'm like, yeah, you, you couldn't. That's so, true. Yeah. <laughs> but even then, like, and I would get offended. I would get offended by those teachers. I would get offended by those people, and I still hadn't truly recognized like what was going on. And it wasn't until, and like you said, looking back. Looking back at my, I started teaching when I was 21. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So what did I know about anything? Nothing. Right. Still baby teachers. Yeah. Baby teachers. Still and shocked they let me be in charge of all those children. What? I know. <laughs> yeah. My oldest student that year was 19. <gasps> and oh I was God. 21. Oh my God. That's And crazy. I routinely lied to these kids and they would say, how old are you? And I'm like, 37. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, I drink a lot of water. Uh huh. Um, Miss A is like drawing age lines on her face right? in the morning Wakes before she goes to school. Stage makeup. Uh -huh. <laughs> right. Yes. Um, but I remember having so distinctly, um, I taught a, a free enterprise class. And I remember being so frustrated with my kids because they had just all bombed this test. Even mm -hmm. my kids who were super high achievers. And I was so frustrated and I was lecturing them and I was telling them like, God, if you guys would just work, if you would just apply yourself, yeah. if you would just do the thing. Why don't you care? Yeah. Why don't you care more? And one of my sweet angels, 
sweet girl raised her hand. She's one of my A students. And she said, you know, Miss A, it's really easy for you to say that because at 315, you get to get in your car and go to the other side of town. But <gasps> we have to live here. Oh, my God. And she was like, you don't know what that's like. And I was so embarrassed yeah. and so hurt because, and I was hurt for her, not right. for myself. Mm -hmm. And I held her after class and I, I was like, Diamond, I am really sorry. Like, I did not realize what I was asking from you. And she was mm -hmm. like, there was a shooting by my house last night and I didn't sleep. And I'm here in your class and like, isn't that enough? And I was like, girl, yes, it is enough. Like yeah. you are enough. But it's these kinds of things. It's this like idea that if I hadn't gone to sleep last night, I would be miserable tomorrow. And I probably mm -hmm. would have a terrible attitude and I probably would, you know, not want to talk to my teachers and I would be snappy. Yeah. And like maybe this free enterprise test, I don't really give a shit about it because there's real stuff going on in my life. Right. And we just have these like expectations and I saw Diamond is still, and she would be fine with me using her name so you can leave it in there. Okay. But <laughs> Diamond is still my really close, not my friend, cause she's my, she's still my student in my right. brain. You know, she's my, she's, she's a per, she's my person. She's mm -hmm. one of my people and she calls me and she's married and she has kids and she's all these things and it's crazy, but wow. She always reminds me and she bless her because she will say like, Miss A, like, I'm so proud of you. Like Aww. you have grown so much. <laughs> and I'm like, girl, I <laughs> stop it. <laughs> stop you. I love it. And, but it's at first, one of the things that she and I talk about on a regular basis is just the willingness to recognize that these things exist. Mm -hmm. People, the system makes these things happen. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's just such a, I think one of the reasons that the, and I said this in the last episode, the reasons that school to prison pipeline is such a hot button topic is that it's the, that phrase has been co-opted by so many other people and yeah. it will, it's, it's almost used as if, um, they're painting it as if some teachers are being trained. We are training these students to become prisoners. Right. And it's like, it's not that. It's not that. because It's when more that we have these giant overcrowded schools and all this, all these other systemic yes. problems that are not being treated. And, and that's just another side effect of that. Absolutely. Exactly. Because when you're in school, if you went to school for education, of course, I mean, I can remember in my grad school classes, it was all um, very utopian education. We want all of our students to be a part of, you know, mm -hmm. building their own learning environment and, you know, including them in the blah, blah, blah. And then I was student teaching in one of the worst schools in the state. And it's the same kind of thing, Miss A, where, you know, fourth graders like, yeah, my uncle got shot at my house last night and blah, right. and, and like, he didn't give a shit what he does on that state test. And also when he talks back to a teacher or when he's snappy with a teacher, instead of, you know, treating that person as a human being, like if an adult snaps at you, you know, they have the social skills to say, I'm sorry, I'm just, it's not you, I'm having an off day. But children do not have that skill, especially children mm -hmm. who have lives like that, because who's going to teach, when are they going to get taught that? They've got right real shit going on in their lives. But I agree with you, Miss A, like the whole, you know, white kids get disciplined differently. It is so true. And I think it's because 
most white students have figured out the whole, like, I know how to be disrespectful in a way that doesn't look inflammatory. And right. they, they can kind of tamper their emotions down. They're just better at manipulating. They're better at manipulating. <laughs> I'll raise my hand. They're better I at, g- yes. I was great at manipulating I'm my teachers. super good. My children are both super good at manipulating people. But they have time to think about shit like that. Right. And they don't come off as looking the same disrespectful as a kid who says, I don't feel like doing that. Or I'm not going to do this right now. Instead, my white kids would just sit there and not do it. Right? They're doing the same mm-hmm. thing. They're just not putting any words to it. So let's talk about like in-school suspension because this year in my district, they have totally taken away the option of suspending kids. So even if you get punched by a kid, they're not getting suspended because of everything is crazy in the world. Right. But we still have in-school suspension to be used very sparingly. Like that's the worst case scenario. And I do love the school where I am because it's all about restorative teaching and training of behaviors as opposed to punishing behaviors because we're, tr- we're teaching them, right? But I feel like in-school suspension is used very widely as, uh, I don't want to deal with this kid. Right. So go put him in this closet where he's not going to get direct instruction and I'm going to send a bunch of work down there that they're not going to be successful at to continue perpetuating this kid's bad attitude about school and feeling of being a failure. So I feel like that's just a big snowball effect right there as well. Yeah, I can. So in school suspension, oh man, guys, <laughs> I, I feel like I just approach um, discipline like so much differently than than most people. But um, I, I will just say this. I've been a teacher for 10 years. I have written up exactly zero children. Mm-hmm. I have never written up a child in my entire life. Um, because for what? Like that, what, right. like what does this paper do for anybody? Now I mean, you're just most, mad. Exactly. The most that can happen is that kid is out of your class for a day, but your relationship that already probably wasn't there with that kid is even further split. And you're mm-hmm. going to end up fighting with that kid even more throughout the entire year. Like it's just yeah. a destroyer. I will say I have worked at schools where they it, they really press upon you the importance of writing students up and not because they were a very suspension heavy school, but it was like they would meet with the school psychologist if they thought a child had some kind of behavioral issue. They couldn't right. just say like, you have to have hey, the documentation. School. Yes, because we didn't have like a psychologist on campus. We had like one for the district. So I I have had principals before that are very much like, if that shit happens, write it down, document, document, document. And it was for the paper trail reasons. So I've written up lots of students. (laughs) I mean, I feel like that's fair. I feel Mm -hmm. like that also really helps you as a teacher to kind of be like, oh, you know, this, this kid is dealing with this and we talked at this. And then when you do talk with that child again, you can say, Hey, we just had a talk a week ago. What's going on? Like, yeah. And I feel like that gives some validity to talking to children. I I find that in school suspension exactly is, you know, what you said must be like, it's a lot of teachers in my experience, just use it as a catch all. I don't want to deal with this kid. So you are going to in school suspension. I will tell you as a kid who has been to in school suspension, which if you know me, that is unfathomable. (laughs) I am the biggest try hard. I'm the biggest perfectionist. Like why would anyone send me to ISS? Let me tell you because of my attitude. (gasps) What did you do? What did you do? Okay, this actually is kind of relevant, so. (laughs) 
go for it. But one of the reasons It'll this is two episodes like is because I went. W. I know. Yeah, I was going to say, I was going on and on about my <laughs> me getting suspended and almost expelled. So take your time. Girl, I want you to know I texted Mrs. B and I was like, this woman is my lifetime partner. Yes. <laughs> Um, I'll tell you when we stop recording, I'll tell you the details of that story because I left out the school and all the other stuff. And oh, I'll tell you, I'll tell you off air. <laughs> I can't wait. Okay, so like I mentioned, I am, I'm a very brown woman. <laughs> and um, I grew up in a very not brown place. And uh, on the first day of seventh grade, I have a very weird first name. And it's not weird. It's beautiful. I love it my is. first name. It is lovely. Um, and it's spelled a little differently, so sometimes it's hard, and I understand that. But it is not hard to say. No. Especially with correction. Well, also, um, like, it's phonetically written. So yeah. <laughs> if you're not a dumbass teacher, you could probably sound it out. I mean, you said it, not me. Like, I just... <laughs> like, I also feel that way. I'm okay, like... Okay, good. Okay. Um... But in seventh grade, uh, I'll never forget, it was like the first day, and my teacher kind of got down the names. Mind you, I had all kinds of other weird, funky names. This is like the early 2000s, and sure. I have a bunch of like white classmates, females, like there were 17 Britneys with like- Yeah, I was going to say Michaela with two H's and two Y's. <laughs> She had no problem with any of those names. But when she got to mine, which is also a traditionally, it's 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 an Anglo-Saxon name. It is. Say. Yeah. <laughs> it's incredibly. It's um, a very white name. Brown. Yeah. yeah. And she got to it and she didn't even try. She and my last name is Spanish. And she was like, oh, well, what? What is this? Like, well, I'm not going to. And I'm a seventh <gasps> grader. I know that my name is next because I know who I come right. after Order. on the roll. Yeah. And I'm like, it's insert my name. And she's like, she's like, oh, well, I'm not, I'm not going to learn how to say that. That's just too much. Don't you what? have a nickname? What an asshole. And guys, if you knew my mother, my very proper, very like pristine mother, you know that I don't have a goddamn nickname. Yeah. And so <laughs> I was like, no. My also, mom it's two syllables. What the? Right. You don't need a damn nickname. I was like, no, my, I was like, my name is this. And she was like, I'm not going to learn, learn how to say that. So, so you just are not like, you're not. And so I looked at her. Yeah. I looked at her and I was like, well, it's this, like my mom named me this. And that's, that's what I'm what called. It is. And she got so fed up with me that she was like, get out. She wrote me up. I spent the first three days of seventh grade in ISS. They put for, you in there for three days? Three days for for sassing a teacher, for correcting her with attitude. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. So that's one of the biggest things that pisses me off is how subjective the reasons can be to suspend a kid. Like, <sighs> being disrespectful. What the fuck does that mean? Like, how many different ways can that be perceived? I, I finally went back and watched Notes from the Field on HBO, which it's totally different. So it's this it's this one woman show Anna Devere Smith does. Um, when she was doing it live, it was very much just about school to prison pipeline. That the HBO one is much more just about the prison system. Mm -hmm. But she said something in there that was so profound, and it reminded me of of school. That was like ninety percent of getting arrested is for something that comes out of your mouth, not what you do. So and it true. was like 
Oh, God, that's the same as writing kids up for sass. And it's because they never, like, that's part, half of school is learning how to be a human Yeah, how to be a human. In the real right. world. So if you have a system that doesn't support teaching kids how to behave correctly. So my, actually, one of my assistant principals this week said something that I just absolutely loved. Because like I said, we're very much about training behaviors. You know, if you give a kid a math test and they fail it, you're not going to give them another worksheet of the same thing and because they're they're going to continue to fail and you're not going to be like oh you stupid little idiot you don't know what you're doing right you help that kid and you coach that kid she's like behavior is the same way but we have to be really careful when we are helping a kid learn how to do these things that we expect of them that you don't negate what they're learning at home or you don't discount what they're doing at home so for example like if a kid says oh that sucks And I teach it in elementary school. So like, hey, let's, you know, you talk to them one-on-one, like, hey, next time just say stinks. Like at this school, we just don't use that word, but don't say anything about like, that's a bad word or we should, or you shouldn't say that. Or if they talk to you in a way that you might perceive as disrespectful, instead of saying, you know, that's wrong because maybe at their house, they're constantly yelling at each other and, Mm -hmm. you know, calling names instead of, you know, turning that into a fight with your student, you can just be like, hey, at this school, this is how we deal with things like that. And it's not an overnight thing because they're doing different things at home, but you can't expect a kid to come from a home where they do things differently. And like you said, you don't live where I live, right? Diamond saying that. Like, Mm -hmm. how many times have we heard like, oh, there's no hitting at school and six kids are like, well, my dad said if somebody punches me, I'm gonna punch him back. How many times have we heard that? So you can't tell a kid... Well, you're, you know, you can't do that because hitting is bad because when they go home to wherever they live, they probably do have to punch people back or punch in the first place. Right. So, and it's not going to fix anything by you just saying you're not going to do that. So instead of that, like, I understand that, but here at this school, you don't have to do that because we'll take care of you. Right. And you don't want to, you also don't want to shame that kid. Right. Especially like, you don't, I mean, you're basically saying like, you have shitty parents. Yeah. I'm so sorry. Sorry you live in the hood. Oh my God. Right. You do not want to do that. So I think that's fantastic, like phrasing. At this school, we act this way. Yeah. Well, it's like at work, I can't say fucking shit every day because I'm a teacher. (laughs) At the school, Mrs. B can't say fucking shit. What are you doing? But at home with her own children she can say what the fuck are you doing right now because that's how we do at home right Mm -hmm. it's just different you're you have different personalities for where you are and how useful of a skill is that for a child who's going to hopefully grow up and enter the workforce right there's a certain way that you act at work and there's a certain way that you would talk to your boss or your manager versus how you would talk to your fellow employees right Mm -hmm. right And I think part of the system that really contributes to school to prison pipeline, to be honest, is that we give certain kids the time to develop those skills. And we don't give certain kids the time to develop those skills. And for, for, you know, a lot of those lines lay on racial and ethnic lines. A lot Mm -hmm. of those lines lay on socioeconomic lines. Mm -hmm. We can see it in the way different types of people are portrayed in the media. We can see it in the way that we treat different types of people and our, our biases, you know, the, the expectations. And one of the things I just saw a friend post about it on Facebook, it was like a tweet. It was a black girl who was saying how frustrating it is to be conscious 
about being as nice as possible about disagreeing with something and still being talked to as if she's a bitch. Right. Like she's consciously trying to do this, but this per the person that she's talking to has this bias that because she's disagreeing, she's a bitch. Right. Right. And it's, it's, it's a system. Mm -hmm. And so this, you know, you're absolutely right. Like I love, I love at this school, we don't do this. Mm -hmm. One of the things that I do with ISS because I hate it. It drives me nuts <laughs> because I'm like, you're in this room. You're not getting anything from my class. This is horrible. I hate exactly. it. Like, oh, get out. Um, but I always visit my kids. Mm -hmm. Every single one. Like if you, if I have a kid in ISS, I go down to the room during my planning and I'm like, Hey friend, how's it going? And, and I'm like, why are we in here today? Well, this happened. Okay. Well, you know, how do you feel about it? Well, I feel like this. And I like give them time to talk. Yeah. And that part of the restoration and restorative process. Mm -hmm. I love, I love, love, love 100% that you're in a place where they do restorative processes mm -hmm. and restorative justice because kids are learning. They are not adults and we can't expect them to be aware. No. We're not aware of our responses. I, right? I condescend my husband all the time and I hurt his feelings <laughs> all the time. And I'm like, I am so sorry, sorry. that I'm a bitch. My bitchiness. <laughs> I, I think it just, it all, it's just so, it is, it's just such a big systematic problem because it all comes from these schools are being funded by property taxes and the property taxes of, of the expensive houses. So the school gets a lot mm -hmm. more money. And then the ones that don't get a lot of money. Uh, so it just, it, it just, it, it just ends up getting worse. It's a snowball yeah. effect of eventually, all right, well, we're going to have to have 27 kids in the classroom instead of 24, like the school across the street in the better neighborhood. Right. I did air quotes. Did um, air quotes. It just keeps going on and on and on until eventually you just have these giant gaps and it's mm -hmm. just so unfair and it's so entangled and we should ban private schools. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I say I... it all the time, Miss A. I don't know if, if you've listened to any of the other episodes, but yes. I'm down with private schools. <laughs> I, you know, it's funny because um, I'm out of school right now where it is exactly that situation. Yeah. Once you cross over this street, all of a sudden the property values are through the roof. Mm -hmm. And my school, I coach a team and man, like to have kiddos right now during COVID-19, hashtag COVID sucks, um, mm -hmm. like tell me, well, coach, I don't know if I can come to practice because my parents lost their jobs and I'm the only mm -hmm. one providing the income and I work at this right. fast food restaurant. And I know kids on the other side of that street are not worried about that at all. Right. And I'm like, how do I make it work for you? Why are mm -hmm. you an adult at 15? And there's also the perception you were talking earlier about, you know, the biases that we have and, you know, just the way that teachers deal with different things. And because I'm going to, I'm going to be honest, it's easier to teach at a school on the higher socioeconomic side of the street because yeah, they don't have, the kids don't have extra they, problems. They don't have extra problems, right? All the parents are really involved in the PTO. You've got, you know, kids whose parents are pushing them to go to a great college. And so they, you know, care, quote unquote, care about their grades. 
you know, you've got great facilities and it is a lot easier. So you don't have to have drawers full of snacks in your desk for kids that are just like hungry, like legitimately they're hungry. Oh, it's yeah. And when you teach, you know, at a school that is on a lower socio on the other side of the tracks, it's so much more difficult and it's so much more stressful. And I I believe that in their hearts, pretty much every teacher really does care genuinely about the students that they teach. And it is an emotionally just catastrophic experience sometimes because there are so many problems that you can't fix and it's heartbreaking because what what can i do today to help this kid's life get better like i teach you how to do algebra but you still go home to a neglectful situation or you're the provider or you're taking you know you're 13 but you're taking care of your six siblings at night because your parents both work at night i mean it's so tough And so a lot of the times teachers with hearts like that and with more experience will move back over to the other side of the tracks because they can, because they're quality educators. And then you end up with less great educators at these schools. And you also make less money at those schools because it's not like everybody makes the same in the whole state. Like I had friends where I lived that literally made twice as much what I made and taught the same thing. Literally twice as much and they taught at a school 20 miles away yeah it's disgusting so like it's the worst and i think that um it's funny that you bring up like snacks for kids in your classroom because i always and if this doesn't speak to um hashtag fund teachers um but Every year on my Amazon classroom wish list that I have to hope for the generosity of my friends and family to buy me things that my students need. Every year it's snacks. Every year it's, hey, will you help me fund a Costco membership? That's what I was about to say. That's the only reason I have a Sam's Club membership would be because it was so much cheaper Mm -hmm. to buy big things as snacks. Yes. This year, I think probably the saddest thing on my Amazon wish list this year and I have had so many people message me and be like did you mean to put this on there is sanitary pads and oh, tampons yeah because yeah, also the poor schools don't have a nurse's office so there's nobody nope. that's yeah and I'm sorry like nobody wants to use a cardboard tampon like no, no offense yeah, if nobody, you use them but yeah you're gonna, you're gonna get hurt it's a great way yeah. to get a paper cut ladies don't <laughs> yeah. do it don't do it don't do it zero yeah. out of five stars do not recommend <laughs> do not recommend <laughs> So, um, Miss A, do you have any, like, recommendations? If you, I, I like to say, if I were king of the world or queen of the world or whatever, this is what I'd do. Do you have any, if you had a magic wand, how would you fix everything? I've just put you on the spot. So, Oh, my sorry. gosh. <laughs> fix it. I no. would open my own school and hire both of you. Um, yeah. oh. <laughs> and then... And then Miss W would burn it down because it's a private school and it goes against her. It would be public. It would be public. And I feel like anyone who wants to go here. To be honest, if I I feel like if I had a magic wand, I would (sighs) increase teacher salaries exponentially. Mm -hmm. Like I think that would provide so much more value to this profession Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and also so much more competition. Yeah, right there like to be good teachers and I don't mean good teachers like you teach to a test because I'll be honest I don't teach a tested subject like that a state Mm -hmm. subject um it's the total human education 
Yes. And I think that it's important that we provide teachers with what they need. We provide teachers with opportunities. And I think a lot of that comes from the competitiveness. The reason why the engineers that we have in most cases, right, mm -hmm. are like so great is because so many people are engineers that they get to choose like the best of the yes. best at these companies. They cherry pick. They, exactly. Um, so I think the first thing is just paying teachers what they're worth. I mean, all of us are classroom teachers and y'all, I'll be honest, virtual teaching is hard and I don't even have my kids yet. Yeah, like, I am. I'm, I'm burnt out through with it, and it is, <laughs> it is real early. <laughs> yeah, it's real soon for that burnout. I'm going back in person next week, and I cannot wait. I cannot I, wait. You know. I don't go back until much later and everything, everything is a shit show guys. Like totally. everything changes every day. Mm -hmm. And so I, I think the first thing is like increasing salaries. I think the next thing is doing away with standardized testing. I yeah. don't mm -hmm. think that those are indicative. I actually had a great meeting with some teachers earlier this week who were like, let's get rid of the whole grading scale. They were like, this is dumb. Let's get rid of it. And I was like, this sounds like okay. teacher and educational anarchy. <laughs> Let's do it. Now is I was the time. Like, now is the fucking time of any. It is. Oh I was God. like, let's blow it up. Like, Let's who blow cares? that shit up. So when I was doing intervention teaching, we, we used data, right? And that's how they got right. into the intervention in the first place. Right. But instead of giving them, because I still had to provide grades and things like that on the different objectives that they, the standards that they weren't meeting. But instead of giving them an ABCD, it was work still like satisfactory yes. oh, okay. or no it was like still working on the skill adequate or like at level yeah or, like the approaching it was, it, yes that's those. exactly what yes. it was so it's more like where are you in terms of learning this skill as opposed to a letter that means whatever my teacher decided the grading scale right. was and this is what it is y'all i don't know i don't know what you've been doing with your covid summer but i've been on tiktok a lot <laughs> and <laughs> I follow this wonderful TikToker. She's a teacher and she has literally taught me about standards-based grading, the mm -hmm. way she does it. And it is incredible. Yeah. It has... Do you remember her name? I might have to look her up. I might get on TikTok uh, to look her up. If not, just, t just text us later because I'm yeah. genuinely curious. I will totally... We're going to do a whole episode about grading oh, stuff yeah. too. Please, I would love to be on that episode because this lady right. over yeah. the summer blew my mind because she basically said exactly what we're saying. She was like, what is an A? What is an exactly. A in, in this classroom versus your classroom? Is mm -hmm. an A homework? Because that's more shit. No, that's, that's, mm -mm. that's garbage. Like, yeah. um, so she just, it just blows my mind. And I feel like Stan and going back to my first school. Okay. I just want you guys to know I taught, I taught free enterprise, which in this, it, it was a 10th grade class. Yeah. I remember taking it as a student and you had to like, do like the, put the pins together. Yes. Yes. Like I taught that class. Oh, like an assembly line, like a. Yes. You had to do an assembly line. Yes, you so had to funny. come up with, uh, you had to come up with like what made your pen better and pitch it. Mine, yeah. was, the, pitch it. mine was the echo pen, but I don't remember what it did now. Was it like I just remember. Was like you, rec you record with? Like I in the don't late know. 90s. Remember that thing? I just remember some boy in my group being like, echo pen. And that's <laughs> all I remember. So I can't tell I'll you anything 20. else about it. I just remember him saying that. 
So I had a girl, her pen won out of all my classes because it was a pen, but also a lip gloss. Wow. Love it. So, but I remember like in that class, you know, I'm teaching this concept. I'm teaching these things. I'm teaching whatever. And I remember teaching things like supply and demand. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. To these kids who are reading on a third grade level. Right. How can I teach you about economics? Economics. Yeah. When you're reading on this level. And if I had been on a on standards-based grading, I could have more accurately measured their yes. progress. Based on this particular topic and subject, as opposed to right. your ability to read what I'm writing, read this workbook writing, and fill in the stuff, communicate right. with your writing, what you're trying to express. Absolutely. If we care about what kids know, we have to assess them in ways that only as- that are only taking points on that topic. I would also like to say, I do not know if this is ethical as an educator, but it was my first year and it was 10 years ago. <laughs> Let's hear it. I've done, <laughs> What'd you I've, do? I've shared so much We've fucked up stuff I've done. Fucked up shit. So my students, I specifically had one student who was taking my class for the third time. Mm-hmm. Um, bless him. He was the sweetest boy. And I, my class was just really struggling on supply and demand and all these things. And I, we were using the book and we are using these examples from the book and it was like, okay, and these mangoes, like blah, 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 blah. And finally, my sweet boy, like, raises his hand. He's like, Miss, what's a mango? Oh, God And I was bless. like, what? <laughs> and he was like, I-, I can't answer your question because I don't know, don't know what, the fuck that what is. this is. And then he, like, looks at everyone else and he's like, do y'all know what a mango is? And everyone is, like, blank face. And I'm like, oh, my oh, God, y'all. Babies. Okay. So what we did, um, because my sweet boy, bless him, like I said, he was my 19-year-old my first year. Um, Also a very well-known drug dealer. And um, I was like, okay, so he needed this class. (laughs) Right? (laughs) I would just like to say he was a phenomenal businessman. (laughs) Um, But I was like, okay, let's scratch the mangoes. I was like, anywhere it says mangoes, I just want you to change that to weed. (laughs) And nice. I was like, just change it to weed in your brain. I'm like, you're you're selling weed, and you move into a neighborhood where no one else sells weed. How's that going to go? What has your now business? happened? Yeah. And they're like, oh well, this. And then I was like, okay, so now you've moved into a neighborhood. You're selling weed, and everyone in that neighborhood smokes pot. What have you found? And they're like, my target market. I was like, <laughs> you did it. You did it. Pass. Standard is passed. Boom. Love it. I was like, you know what? Like, and I would just like to say that that year, my kids won state in economics. You're welcome. Yes. So there you go. They just turned every question into weed in their head. Into and weed like, in their I head. Got this. <laughs> and I got my, this. And my sweet boy graduated high school. He graduated. See? I, I have not seen him since he graduated, but I heard he was doing very well for himself. Good. Nice. At, at whatever he's doing. You know what? It may, if you had been observed that day, maybe some stuff would have happened. However, you did what you had to do to get your kids to understand a concept. And that's what good teachers do. So I crown you good teacher. Yes. All right. So on that note, Miss A, we would like to say thank you so much. Yes. It's been wonderful. 
And yeah, we'll have you back on for sure. Oh my gosh, guys, my pleasure. All right, girl. All right, guys. See you later. Thank you so much. Absolutely. Bye. 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 And with that, let's go to a quick break. (laughs) And we're back from our break. Did it. I was doing jazz fingers the whole time. Man, so that's such a like this is so I put it out there on Facebook to some of my people who know who I am in, in real life. And um one of my buddies, she sent me a private message and she is also a teacher. And she was pointing out how, like what we were talking about, it's it's also a really big issue with how teachers perceive not only their students, but the students' families and their entire culture that they grew up in. Mm-hmm. Like there's this huge um, conception that education is just not important to these right. people. Like they just, it's not important, but it's not that it's not important. It's that they, they have so many other things, like real things going on in their lives, like we said. So she, she said, I think the school to prison pipeline is definitely still a problem. And so many of our boys don't even make it to prison. A coworker once said in a department group text. So this is a teacher, like putting this in writing, like an idiot, that poor people care less about their students' educations, and how could he expect the students to care when it starts at home? So she goes, now, memory and anger may have given me liberties with the paraphrasing here, but I called him on it with the receipts in the chat. I posted screenshots of his previous comments back to him as he tried to claim that I'd misquoted and misrepresented him. It just makes me so angry. I wanted to ask him why he even teaches kids he doesn't believe in and doesn't respect. And I mean, to me, that just like, that's a great summary of yeah. a lot of what the problem is. Yeah. Having bigger problems is not the same thing as not caring. Right. It's just not, it's not the same thing. Like I, but I, when I was 22 years old, fresh baby teacher, I totally remember having those thoughts. Like, oh, same. Like Me too. these parents, these parents are trash. Like they don't teach their kids mm-hmm. anything and blah, blah, blah. They don't care if none of them went to school. And now you know, later with some perspective and experience and actually building relationships with students and understanding it's probably not because they didn't want to go to school. They probably couldn't afford to go to school. They may not have made it through high school because a lot of shit happened in their lives. And it's, you know, it's just a whole situation. It's a whole life situation that all goes back to redlining. And before that, damn redlines, neighborhoods. We got to get those suburbs. magic wands. And fix it we got to get those magic wands. This is the time... Teachers, rise up! <laughs> Throw those report cards out the window and begin standards-based grade- grading systems. Do you have any more um, any more tips before we put a check next to we solved the school-to-prison pipeline oh, problem? Um, so I have a friend who, she also commented on Facebook, let me pull it up real quick. She's a white girl, mm-hmm. but she actually went through a lot of... Uh, issues in school. So she says, I've been to jail, though I'm a white woman, and I recognize my privilege there. And I've also been to school and graduated in the, in the last six years. So this is a kind of fresh out of high school. And I think this is an absolutely valid thing. And I think a push towards equitable schools is the most important evolution needed mm-hmm. in education right now. So that's pretty much what we've been saying is when you have such a huge disparity in the resources that schools are allowed to have, you cannot expect the same results. Correct. And the only thing that happens is the gap gets wider. She says, the most disturbing thing I've been thinking about lately is thinking about the black students I went to school with that were always without fail in in in-school suspension and trying to think of what they did wrong in class and coming up completely empty handed. 
The five students I can think of like this in my graduating class are either in prison, did not graduate, or had children before the age of 18 and are economically disadvantaged, or all of the above. And then she goes on to say some expletives about her school district, which I don't blame her. But I mean, that's just, that's the classic example. Like when you throw kids into in-school suspension for mm -hmm. whatever it is, it, they're, why are they even there? Why are they at school? It's all, it's this, it's all the sass, man. 90% of the time. It's for, you gotta, it's for you having a smart mouth. So and you, you know need... what? I don't care if I'm sassy to people that I don't have a good relationship with. Right. It all goes back to building relationships and people know, including children and teenagers, if you're full of shit when you're quote unquote, trying to build a relationship. Mm -hmm. So no matter how much time it takes and no matter how much stuff, if you have to give up a lunch period to have lunch with a kid or whatever and it is. And that's hard at the beginning. Oh my you God, are like, you so cannot hard. keep your head above water. No. It's really difficult to end up to then like you're only 20 minutes that you're alone during the day to, to say sacrifice like, that. I'm going to do yeah. lunch bunch. I'll do it like twice a month, but yep. it really does make a difference and it really it's does build those good relationships. Deal. If you feel like you don't have time to build those relationships with everybody, get the, get the ones who need it the most first. Your goody goodies are going to love you anyway. Uh, I had a student who like, he had trouble making friends. Like yeah. he just did and he knew it. And once he got to a certain age, this was in elementary school, mm -hmm. he was very aware of it. And he talked to the uh, guidance counselor and was just like, I don't have any friends. Nobody likes me. And it's, Aww. he was mean. He was a yeah. mean kid and he it's could like, you're a dick. <laughs> yeah. So it's like, he could, he could only be nice and hang out with a kid for so long before they yeah. would just get on his nerves. So we were really working with him to do that that year but i let him do lunch bunch with me once a week and i let him pick a friend so he could get oh. like a little social capital and yeah. i had and we would put a movie on so we watched like a little bit of diary of a wimpy kid every week nice. while we ate lunch in my classroom in your classroom because that's where you and it was lunch. tough it was tough to just be like oh, i just want to look on facebook right? and drink a diet coke i just want this little 22 but this minute kid needs this more time. so yeah i will have lunch with him See, because you're a good teacher. Yeah, that's the stuff you got to do, people. You've got to go that extra step. If you have, quote unquote, discipline problems in your class, work on building a relationship. And you know what? Even when you have that relationship, there's still going to be shit sometime. Right. Sometimes. But then you can go next to their desk and be like, like Miss A said, like, dude, you're just way off today. Or you can say the thing. Have I been disrespectful to you? Right. Would you please not do that to me? Like, we'll talk about it later while you're being this way. But you can't do that if you don't have a relationship because they don't care. All right. Um, I think we clearly haven't solved the problem. We've just bitched about it. But hopefully if people get nothing out of this more than just maybe being more aware when you are teaching, just being aware of what's going on and see if you can do anything to help improve the whole quality of their life by teaching the whole person mm -hmm. like we do because we're perfect teachers. Hey, speaking of perfect teaching, do you have any teaching tips for us this week? I do. So I have been told by Miss B and by when I was in grad school, the mm -hmm. the head of the department taught a couple of classes I took and she had ADD and she would say it all the time and she would tell me that I had ADD. Yes. And I was also, just like, a psychiatrist. I am a yeah. psychiatrist. So. <laughs> and I was like, no, I don't. 
but I probably do. Uh, so, so when I have a big task to do, I've recently discovered this, like when you need to clean your house, write a syllabus, anything like that, you suddenly get distracted by everything else. And I start remembering all this other stuff. So I started keeping a pack of post-it notes in my pocket. And I'll be like, oh gosh, I remembered I need to order more pop chips instead of like doing my syllabus. So I just write it down and stick it on the thing. Yeah. And then instead I Instead of going continue. on Amazon and going down yes! the, t- the yeah, that's such a great idea. So, so I was like, you know what? That probably would work with kids that have ADD also. Totes, and my they goats. love post-it notes. And then when you're done with your thing, you just pick one up and you do it and you wad it up and you play yes! trash ball with it. Yes. Oh man. You just solved ADD. I solved ADD. Solving into the school to prison pipeline, curing ADD. We're doing so many things here. Man, I can't wait till the Nobel Committee reaches out. So (laughs) my hot tip is don't decorate your classroom. (laughs) So A, the fire marshal is going to come in and hate everything you did and make you take everything down and move it. But um, no, just seriously. And this is not good timing because the school year has already started. But next year, you're going to remember this tip. Um, don't go out and buy a bunch of stuff to decorate your classroom. What you should be putting on your walls is, um, content posters that you create in the class with the students. Make anchor charts with your kids. Do not buy that package of grammar posters about periods and verbs and nouns and staple it up because they're not going to read it. It's a waste of money. It's a distraction in your classroom. Uh, experts say that we need to minimize the distractions in your classroom. You should be the most interesting thing in the classroom until they're working and then their work should be. Um, and then, so you're hanging your, your content stuff on the wall as you go. And then every day you can quickly review those things and then change them out and throw them away when you move on to something else. And that way it's constantly relevant to your students. And then if you have like a couple of inspirational posters, that's great. Put those down low when the kids are, because when we're feeling down low, like we can't do it, where do our eyes go? They go down towards the floor. So if you have them like underneath your blackboard, that's where you want to put that stuff and subliminally brainwash them. So that's my tip. Don't decorate your classroom. That's so good. I love it. Because the fire marshal is going to make you take down all of your macrame decorations and lights that you strung all about your room. That's true asshole (sighs) all right i think it's time for screaming in the parking lot screaming in the parking lot i have um mine is weird i'm gonna read a reply all email (laughs) but however i'm loving the responses on this one so i got this one i got this one yesterday so the day after our first university classes started and it says hello As a university, I think we need to make sure that attending class in Zoom while you're driving is unacceptable. (laughs) And the same should be said for students on public transit, jogging, or using an elliptical machine. (laughs) What? Oh my god, that's amazing. And then all the replies are fantastic. Because somebody's like, yeah, last year I almost got hit by a car because somebody was video conferencing (laughs) with somebody. And it's like... No one cares, Janice. I have a thousand emails. And then someone else is like, well, as a visual artist, I just don't see how they could participate in the car and doing art. And it's like, oh, my Good fucking thing God. You told us if- you're a visual artist. You see you next Tuesday. <laughs> it's like, 
my god if i had a student that was driving and painting at the same time a plus a plus you did it you, tr- you tried it's like real those hard. people who play it's like dick van dyke playing the bass drum with the cymbal and the accordion <laughs> yes. attached yes. it's just talent baby oh my goodness just like and i've had eight or nine replies that are all some version of here here and let's not forget about this well because of my specialty (laughs) i don't think i'd mind if they were on public transportation it's like oh my god nobody gives a shit don't you also have 300 unread emails oh my god (laughs) like you're part you're part of this system right (laughs) people are stupid that's so yes. great, though. Isn't I love that. Ridiculous? There should be, somebody should make a book, like, just compile all of these reply all threads that are completely unnecessary and just make, like, a coffee table book of reply all Oh, that's a great ridiculousness. A great idea. Write that down. You can do that. I thing. am writing that down. <laughs> Start collecting. Coffee table book. Start collecting. I'll do the graphic design. <laughs> Hell yeah. And you Hell can yeah. compile everything. Hell yeah. <laughs> um, so my screaming in the parking lot is... That I like, I do have ADHD, but I also like to plan ahead as much as possible because then you don't have to spend every night of your life and every weekend planning shit. But because of fucking COVID-19, every time I plan anything, it we get something from the district the next day that's like, um, actually, we're going to not do that and we need you to be doing this. So what had happened was last weekend, I spent probably... 12 to 15 hours like building my uh lessons and putting them all into our online system and making sure that and it's just like the minutiae of it and like the tiny details make me crazy so i was doing all the things and based on what they had told us that we needed to do so i was like great i'm gonna front load all this i'm gonna get really good at it and then you know when school starts i'll be a little bit ahead and then i get back to school and they're like so the, we get a panicked email from our, our instructional specialist and she's like, don't put anything in your courses yet. We just got an email from the district. And I'm like, oh um, God. and then she goes on talking about other stuff. And I'm like, uh, hi, can we circle back to that? Don't put anything in your courses. Like what's happening to all of those things in the courses? And she's like, well, we're not really sure yet, but you can mo- move all of those items to this folder over here and then you can push them back into your courses later. But the deal is you can't just like move it all. You have to move each individual each thing. Individual oh my fucking God. thing. So I'm like <sighs> on the inside, just like shattering. And that was the moment that I decided I'm just gonna be fly by the seat of her pants, Fanny, this year because I'm not I'm not doing that anymore. Because that was one example, but it's just been like that every day. And I'm like, you know what? I can't. I can't anymore. Yeah, I had a student. Uh, a student or two emailed me and was like, hey, can I have a list of the assignments for the semester so I can put nope. them in my planner? And I was like, sure can. No, you may not. <laughs> <laughs> and I told him, I was like, I am usually very type A, but I'm going to tell you right now, shit Sorry, is going to go champ. sideways. And then you're going to have two things written in your planner and you're not yeah. going to remember what you're supposed to do. So we are going to do this two weeks at a time. Here is the Google Doc. I will change it every week and you'll just yeah yeah and i was like and just keep just bookmark that google mark or that google doc but you know what can we thank the lord jesus in heaven for google docs and google slides and google drive yes i mean thank you sweet baby google i don't don't know how (laughs) thank you sweet baby google how we would survive this if we didn't have the ease and simplicity of use of google okay um so let's close it out with an all worth it snippet besides google besides google (laughs) i know I was like, I 
would like to change mine. Would, to I would like to change mine to Google. Um, uh, I'll do mine. So we had a sweet little uh, kid parade that happened so that the teachers, so we could all wave to our new students before they had to see us with our masks on all the time so they would oh, know what nice. we look like. And this sweet little boy comes by in his mom's suburban and he's got his little mask on and he's got two red roses, one for his math teacher and one for his English teacher. And I was just like, oh my God, this is the cutest thing I've ever seen. It was adorable. And then another kid comes by and he's got a picture that he drew of himself with a mask on and and it's like, nice to meet you. It was just like... So refreshing. It just like you can't my hug spirits. any of them. You can't, I can't that hug anybody. So they're like the mom's like, can we take your picture? And so like the kid turns around in their seat, and I'm six feet away outside, and I'm like, that will not come out. Photographically speaking, that's gonna oh look terrible. Oh my goodness. But it was so sweet. It just made oh, my day. We need to start sharing these ahead of time because you should have gone second because mine's not nearly as adorable <laughs> as yours. Change it back to Google Suite. I know. Uh, <laughs> so my all worth it is me just looking into the future and getting to teach in person next week yeah. i can't wait even though i'm i'm teaching uh, i'm teaching synchronously i don't like saying that word because it's a um, stupid word it's hard to say and say i don't like using it with time. my students because i'm like i don't, I don't know, know what if they the fuck know what that, that means. means no it's some um, educational nomenclature that nobody needs to know like the word nomenclature nomenclature that's a good word <laughs> nomenclature nomenclature all right back to my point back so even though it. i'm doing synchronously and i have told my students that are on zoom like i'm gonna ignore you a lot just do the i'm just gonna peek back and see if you're doing what we're doing yeah um i'm just it's gonna be so much better than doing oh my it over god the it computer. is <laughs> it's sad but like the amount of it's not the amount of care because I do care a lot about my virtual mm-hmm. students, but I just, I'm not going to have the bandwidth to appropriately love on them. And I'm going to have to be okay with that. And they're going to have to be okay with that. Sorry, guys. Yeah. Man, what a week. What we a just great br- week. We just been. brought it back down. We do that every time. <laughs> I know what's wrong Why with that. Why do we do this? I love hey, teaching remember? and I love my babies. I get to remember when I told you that story about that cute little nine-year-old oh, boy with the red breast. Yes. So cute, oh so cute, God. so cute. Puppy pictures. All right. Well, before we close out, thank you again, Miss A. You were fantastic. We will Hell definitely yeah. have you back. Um, okay. So let's uh, uh, let's see. Fans, please tell your friends to subscribe. Doing this anonymously, it's a little difficult to promote it. it. But uh, do you have a BS in education? We would love to hear from you. Send us an email at bsineducation2020 at gmail.com. Follow us on Instagram at BS and Education. We would love to hear a phone call from you. We're going to have lots of phone calls next week. We've been saving them up for our fantastic fan show. So give us a call at 234-73-TEACH. Again, that is 234-73-TEACH. And this has been... A BS education. Peace out, motherfuckers. Class is ended. Time to go. Pick up your crayons off the floor. Class is ended. Time to go. I don't want to see your face no more. Thank you for listening to ABS in education. My tummy hurts. <laughs>